aboard Flight 1969, service to Jet Nation Radio. Look at what a leader this guy is. Bolt is fighting for his job this year. This is what quarterbacks are made of. Doug Middleton, get a 50-yard onside kick. How stupid can you possibly be making that much money? Folks, grab a snack. Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. And join Joe Blewett and Glenn Naughton for Jet Nation Radio. Good evening, or actually good afternoon at this point. Uh, you are listening to another edition of Jet Nation Radio, a Saturday edition at 2.30 for me and whatever time it is for Glenn. Um, I don't know what time it is, 6, 7, 4, 5 o'clock, 7.30. Um, we are doing the show today because, you know, as people know who listen to the show, I can't really do it on the weekdays. There's just no, there's no freaking way I can do it. Um, really appreciate Glenn stepping in a lot these last couple of weeks running solo. I think you've done three or four solo shows, um, so I greatly appreciate that, uh, obviously, just because I can't do it. Um, but tonight, we're going to get into some, I guess, a whole bunch of topics because I haven't really been around, obviously, if you've been listening. Uh, so we'll get into some free agents. Some Glenn will update me on some free agent targets and rumors and things he's been hearing, even though most of the rumors are a bunch of uh, BS um, but we'll get into it as 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 we will because it's something to talk about. Talk a little bit about the combine. I'll be honest, and I've seen very 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 little on the combine. So if Glenn has anything that stands out to him, we'll talk about that. We'll go through the positions. I think last time I was on the show about two weeks ago, we went through you know the quarterbacks in free agency, the uh, cornerbacks in free agency, and as well with the outside linebackers. So we'll go over you know the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers, maybe some linebackers, maybe DNs. Um, I don't know, maybe safeties, Glenn, maybe another safety. Uh, so we'll talk about a lot of that stuff. But before we do, Glenn, what's up, man? Uh, you know, Joe, just trying to keep up to date, same as you. For some reason, um, my NFL.com Europe package uh, seems to be a day behind with the combine. So I'm keeping up to date, uh, you know, via the net, Twitter, and NFL.com and all that. But um, in terms of being able to do it, watch it live, that hasn't been possible. So I may be a little, uh, little sketchy, too. I'm just – kind of jotting down the things that jump out at me, uh, you know, again, keeping up with the the rumors, the trade rumors, the Jets free agent, you know, again, supposed free agent targets. Um, a couple of them make a lot of sense, and a couple of them are uh, don't make any sense at all. So we can get into that um, as we go. And that's, uh, that's about it for me. Um, yeah, so we got a, since I've last been on, we got a five-star rating and a five-star review from TJ Coleman, you know, great podcast. Everyone is well-informed. He goes on a little bit more, five stars. And we're also getting some reviews on the other, uh, for whatever reason, we have two feeds. And one is if you're going to leave a review, which we obviously appreciate, I don't have to say why and exactly what it means to us um, every single time, but we'd greatly appreciate it. There's, there's Jet, Na uh, there's Jet Nation Radio. Uh, New York Jets talk, and then there's Jet Nation or JetNation.com podcast feed. We got two five star ratings and reviews in there, and uh, they just don't really mean anything for us on that that side. So if you are go going to leave us a review, just go to Jet Nation Radio, New York Jets talk, uh, talk, not the Jet Nation podcast feed. If you like the show, like I said, five star. Uh, tell us we can improve on, even if it is five star, and we'll do our best to um, improve the show and you know make it better or whatever. So, uh, like I said, I apologize for not being available, but. You know, I have 12, 13-hour days, and um, it's just really freaking hard. So 
Let's get into it, Glenn. Um, I'm going to apologize now. I'm going to be looking at my phone a little bit because all my notes are saved in my in my phone um, because yeah, I don't have time to type it out and stuff. But Glenn, let's just jump into some uh, Jets news. We'll talk about, I guess, some of the news around the Jets first. Then we'll go into some of the free agents. But uh, I guess we'll start off with some easy topics. What do you think about uh, Forte and I believe yeah Harris retired too. What do you think about those two guys retiring? Yeah, you know Matt Forte. Um, Great career, really good player. Unfortunately, you know, only spent his final two years with the Jets. He's the type of guy you would have liked to have around for a long time on your uh, on your roster. Played 10 pro seasons. I uh, saw a tweet the other day. I can't remember who it was from, but uh, they basically said the first time they met Matt Forte, he said he'd like to play 10 years in the league and then hang him up. And that's exactly what he did. Played 10 seasons, walks away from the game, uh, comes across as a really bright guy, really like a pro. I'm sure he's um, – Sure, he's one of those guys. You know, you hear about all these guys that uh, make a lot of bad decisions and go broke. I don't think Matt Forte is going to be one of them. I think he could be uh, a guy who has future in broadcasting somewhere, maybe coaching. But uh, you know, it was inevitable. You know, he would have been cut anyway. I think we all know that. And um, David Harris retiring. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you hate to see him leave as a Patriot, but I'm sure they'll do one of those sign him to a one day deal, let him retire a Jet. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to be at MetLife when he gets his number in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was kind of happy that he that the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl, obviously, for many, many reasons. But if David Harris won it with the Patriots, it'd be more noteworthy. We have to mention that a lot with his career where, you know, they'll say he played what? There's a multiple, multiple games where he just didn't even take a snap or he wasn't even active. Yeah, so yeah, that's going to be – that. nobody's going to really bring that up um, too much. But, yeah, David Harris is a pro's pro, really well-spoken guy, uh, quiet leader type of guy. And – you know, he's a very solid player. Maybe he got, you know, gypped on a pro bowl or two. But he was he was solid. He's not a Hall of Fame type of player, but he was a definitely a great Jet. Matt Forte, uh, very classy since he's been on the Jets. And there was every, that, that uh, story that, you know, he, like, gave the Jets a verbal um, commitment. And then the Patriots, you know, came and said, uh, you know, come visit us wherever the, or whatever it was. And Forte said, no, you know, I already made a verbal commitment to the Jets. So, really, yeah, I, saw that from, I saw that from Connor Hughes the other day. Yeah, really high-class guy. Could have went to the Patriots and potentially won a Super Bowl. Obviously, when he came to the Jets, there was not a lot of chance of winning a Super Bowl at that, that time. And it was uh, Jets hey, and Brian Fitzpatrick. Fitz was coming back. Come on. What do you mean no chance? Yeah. Um, so, great. Two, two great guys. Um, let's jump into the next thing, Wilkerson. So, the Jets cut Wilkerson. I'm assuming they saved that $11 million, not the $17 million that they could have saved if they wait, uh, waited until po- uh, post-June 1st. Now, the Jets have nine – I've heard both ninety and ninety-two million dollars. Let's just say ninety to ninety-two million dollars. Yeah, I, I looked earlier today and it said ninety-two, and then I looked a few minutes ago to look at uh, to look at next year's number, and it said ninety. So there was an adjustment somewhere, but ninety plus basically they're sitting at right now, and uh, one hundred twenty-four million for next year. Yeah, obviously a lot of that one hundred twenty-four is going to be used up right. this year. Um, but yeah, Wilkerson, we. <laughs> Uh, we knew it. We've been calling for it since, you know, week five. And I'm not one of those fans who's going to come on and say, oh, I never wanted the Jets to sign him because, one, we didn't know about the, the problems. And there's a lot of fans who just try to say that they were the first one to think um, something that happens. So they can say how great they are and stuff like that. I wanted the Jets to sign him as long as they can make room for him. Uh, he was a, you know, home homegrown guy. Whether he's a 30th pick um, in 2011. And he worked out pretty well until he got that contract. And then he became a fat asshole who didn't really want to work too hard. Um, even though he's kind of, he always had a Billy. Um, you, you know the but, interesting thing, though, Joe, and I can't remember if we talked about this off the air. And I'm not, I'm not saying I, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson. I have no idea what this guy's doing in his off time. Um, but the interesting thing was, <clears throat> you know, the, the beat guys, the beat reporters, 
and I'm not even going to say who because I don't want people saying that I'm saying anyone accused him of anything. But uh, I saw two tweets from two separate beat writers yesterday or this past week uh, basically saying um, for any team that, that's looking at Muhammad Wilkerson or, you know, what, what his future may hold, basically saying that leaving this area and and being getting away from the place he's from could benefit him and uh, and teams need to dig deep into his history, as in there's more there than what's reported. And that kind of makes me wonder, is he a guy that's just – I'm not even – I'll just say, is he is he staying out too late at night? That's all I'll say. If he's showing up late consistently to the point where he costs himself tens of millions of dollars, and now, the beat, again, beat writers, even if they know something, they're not going to – there's certain things you're not going to say, and I understand that. Yeah. And even I'm, I'm a, I'm a friggin' nobody and I'm not saying it. All I'm saying is maybe he stays out a little too late sometimes. And, isn't, uh, isn't he like, isn't his family, aren't they like, I don't know what religion they are, but I'm, I'm I have, sure. I have no idea. And as an atheist, I don't, I think that, uh, that, that, that whatever. Um, but he, uh, yeah. Glenn, let's I, get I, real deep. Why don't you believe in God, Glenn? I'm, <laughs> I'm not, we're not doing that. Uh, I, I just found it, I just found it odd that two different beat writers came out and said, you know, basically said getting out of New York will be good for him and teams need to look deeper into his history. So who knows? But it, that, because that, I had that thought months, maybe even last year, and I may have said it to you one day before a show, you know, what what's going on that this guy's showing up late constantly? Because, um, you know, for me personally, you know, when I know people who have a real hard time getting up on in the morning consistently, oftentimes it's because they're staying out a little too late. So, who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't feel bad for the guy. Listen, I'm going to the academy right now. Guess how much money I'm getting paid to go to the academy, Glenn? Zero dollars. Mm-hmm. I wake up at 3.30 every morning. He's making $18 million a year, and he, and he can't, you know, not drink or whatever, go out and do whatever he's doing. Right. Um, to make $18 million is a, is a joke. I don't feel bad for any of these guys. I really don't. Uh, it's, it's your own freaking fault. It really is. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. I'm not yeah, saying it's not his fault. Yeah, I just yeah. thought it was interesting that people were basically saying he needs to get out of the area. He's off my mind now, Glenn. I don't even care. Unless he comes out and has like 40 sacks next year um, and blows gonna up. Gonna and he's going to happen. He's going to go to the Pats or he's going to go somewhere and he's going to get his head on straight. He's going to be a great player, but that was never going to happen here because he was too lazy and they let him no. get away with it and he, he had to go. I don't care if – if he sets the all-time sack record, I don't care. He had to go. No, it was it was the, it was the right decision at the time, no matter what it leads to. Uh, people are like to play Monday morning Monday morning quarterback, but at the at the time, any smart fan would agree with this move. Everybody wanted him cut. I don't think there's one fan in the world uh, who didn't want Muhammad Wilkerson cut. And you know, he I liked him a lot. He was a he's honestly a freaking joke. He's a joke of a player. He's a joke of a guy. I'm I'm sorry. It's just he's embarrassing. Um, Albert Hainsworth type of stuff that, that he pulled. Obviously, he's not as yeah. talented as El- Albert Hainsworth, but that's what he did when he went to the Redskins, just completely loafed. Yep. Um, and with that, I've actually been hearing a little bit of, like, like it's not rumors. Like I guess we'll continue on with the kind of troubled defensive ends that the Jets have had. <laughs> but and, and I know we're probably share the same mindset on this, Glenn, but Sheldon Richardson, people are talking about him potentially coming back with the Jets. Uh, I want no part of it, personally. The Jets got rid of him for a reason. They traded him because he was a locker room problem. He was an asshole. He was fighting with teammates. He was doing Snapchat videos before games. Unless he came on a super, super cheap deal where it was hard to deny him, if he's looking for a fair market price for his skill set, I want nothing to do with Sheldon Richardson. The Jets have a lot more needs and a lot more positions in defensive end right now, obviously with cornerback, and I can go on and on and on. Um, defensive end is one of the last positions I'm worried about. You have guys filling in, you know, like Coney Ely, 
or maybe, you know, uh, like we've talked about before, McClendon maybe popping out as a three tech, a four tech more and moving beyond Simon more inside or not Simon, um, Simon or Pennell, I oh, guess, but yeah. I want no part of Sheldon Richardson. You got, you got rid of him for a reason. I don't, I don't want him back. Like I said, unless it's a, you know, a, such a cheap deal where you can't really deny it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> I can't say I would, it, I can't say I would hate it. And, and this is why. Um, one, if they brought him back, that kind of tells me that, you know, you say they got rid of him for a reason. That reason may have been that they, they didn't realize Mo was going to tank this way and they chose between the two and they chose wrong. They picked the wrong guy. So maybe they look at it and go, we did pick the wrong guy. We should have kept Sheldon. Um, Sheldon of course had, you know, had value. Of course they got, you know, a second rounder and a player. Um, so if they don't, I'm not saying I'm dying to get him back. But if they did, I wouldn't have an issue with it because that tells me they didn't really have much of a problem with them in the locker room. It was more how much money they were willing to commit to one one position group. And the fact that as much as he can be a headache in the newspapers and with the media, the one thing you can always say about that guy, the guy always goes all out. There's never an effort issue. Um, but I, I, my gut feeling is that Seattle is going to find a way to retain him and it's not going to be a non-issue. I, I don't think he's leaving the Seahawks. Um, he was one of the top-rated uh, D lineman of the NFL by PFF. The sacks weren't there, but he was still disruptive. And I think he's going to get paid. And I think he stays yeah. in Seattle. Yeah, like I said, if it's if it's for a good deal, I can understand. But market value for a guy like that, um, regardless if he gets the set, the you know the stats or the sacks or whatever you want to say. Uh, and, they, and they're reportedly trying to unload Bennett, so I'd imagine they're trying to do that to make room for Sheldon. I don't want any part of Michael Bennett. That's for that's for damn sure. I don't want any part oh, of anybody yeah. anybody who's really you know, 27 years or older, um, to be honest. I want a nice young team you can build with. This is not the year where the Jets are going to the playoffs or anything like that. They're still in a in a rebuild year this year. I think next year's a year where you're, you're pretty much going for it, unless they sign a guy like a Kirk Cousins. I was going to say, we'll talk about. Kirk Cousins at your playoff contender. <clears throat> yeah, they, we'll talk about that in a little bit as, as well. Another move the Jets made, uh, Ben Ijalana. I don't have the exact contract numbers of what the Jets say. I believe it's like $4.5 million. I could be yeah. wrong. I think the, I, off the top of my head, I think they saved three. It was three or four. They, they saved a few million. Because um, I think it was due like 4.2 and they saved three of it. But even if they saved four of it, okay. um, you know, a, a, a million or two at this point isn't a huge deal. Uh, you know, it, the move doesn't bother me. He, you know, you do need veteran depth at the, at the tackle position. I think that the Jets were in a bit of a no-win situation with him when he hit free agency. I think you like the idea of of not – you know, if you say your starting left tackle goes down, do you want to turn that job over to an inexperienced fourth, fifth round pick? Or do you want a guy who has played not great, but shown he, he may not get your quarterback killed? Um, so they sign him, they give him money. He ends up not playing. Everyone says it's an idiot right. to give him that money. If, he would, if they wouldn't have paid him and he would have left and Beecham gets hurt, then they would have said the Jets were idiots and they're cheap and this is why this team sucks and why didn't we just pay Agilana? Yeah. I thought I thought finding a way to keep him around was a good idea. He can play the left side, he can play the right side. Um, but now I think they have a lot of moves in mind. So this this offseason you're able to let him go. Yeah, and plus he was inactive for a, a decent amount of games too. And even when he did play in the in the preseason and sometimes he'd come in as an extra tackle in a in a heavy set or whatever it may be, he just didn't look too impressive and um, they're not they don't want to pay four million dollars or we'll just round it up to four million or down to four million. We'll say right around there. They didn't want to pay that for a backup swing tackle at the time. We were both fine with the move. Um, but Kelvin Beecham proved to be, I think, the best offensive lineman on the Jets, which isn't saying much. Um, we can, if, if you really want to get into a debate about the guards and how good they were last year, 
Trust me, I have plenty of film. <laughs> I, I still have people um, coming at me on Twitter. We don't need a guard. James Carpenter's fine. And I'm just like, fans fall in love with these players, and and the the homerism sets in, and they can't look at a guy and go, wow, yeah. he's not he's not very good in this system. And I love James Carpenter. I think he's a very good player in the right scheme. I think he's a high character guy. Um, from what I've heard, you know, I've spoken a little bit with some people at Florida Park when I was there, just because. Just by chance, I happened to be around some people, you know, his first season here. And they were like, you know, great guy, keeps to himself. Like, on the field, he's a monster. But in the locker room, quiet dude, professional guy. Um, so, and, and that's the thing. People people confuse. It, it's almost it's almost like, like someone like me who hates politics and I don't follow politics. I follow sports, and sports has become like politics. Like, if you say player X needs to work on such and such, like, oh, my God, why did you say he sucks? No, I, I didn't. I just said there's this one thing he doesn't do well. Oh, whatever, hater. Hater's going to hate. Like, okay, now I'm dealing with a 13-year-old. You know what I mean? Um, and it works the same with the other way, you know? Oh, this guy this guy high points the ball well. Oh, so now he's going to Canton. Now he's a Hall of Famer. No, I, I, I pointed out one thing he does well. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, so sports has become politics. Like, any any level of disagreement or any level of endorsement is like an extreme. Um, in the minds of some of these lunatics. So when I say that I think James Carpenter needs to be replaced, it's not because I dislike James Carpenter and I don't think James Carpenter is a good football player. I think James Carpenter is probably a very high-character guy who, again, in the right scheme, is going to be a damn good football player. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't think it's here. Yeah. Um, like I said, I apologize for the lack of preparedness. Um, but I know James Carpenter, if they cut him, they save right or like $4.5 million. Yeah. Um, so if – if they were to do that, okay, you say that four and a half million dollars. I understand the mindset of both. Okay, well, the Jets have a lot of a lot more holes that they have to fill. Um, if they can fill them before James Carpenter, yeah, that's fine because you know James Carpenter is probably going to bounce back at least a little bit. Uh, and one of the biggest misconceptions I've heard a, like a lot over Twitter when I have been on Twitter and talking about politics and sports politics and all this stuff. The, the great thing about being so out of touch with everybody is I don't have any of that stress on my mind ever. I don't. I don't. I don't go on Twitter. I don't do anything. But um, Let's say if you were to sign, you know, guard X, whoever that may be, who you really want in free agency, and you can cut James Carpenter, who James Carpenter is probably going to be left or leave the team in a year if you can lock that guard down for the next four or five years. Uh, but you don't do that because you want James Carpenter to play for this next year, and then he bust again, and then you don't have that opportunity at player X, and he went to the Bengals, um, then you're going to regret that. So if you can find a guard who's going to be here for a while and fits the um, scheme that the Jets are going to be running, um, then, then do it. And, and like I said, another big misconception, I don't know if I even said the misconception, I said the biggest misconception that I've seen is that the Jets didn't run a zone last year. They, they, they ran a lot of man walking. That is not true. That is not true. We went over the, the film since, what, week six or seven we started doing that? Eight, nine, whatever it was? Somewhere, yeah, before midseason. Yeah, the, the Jets ran, I, if I had to put a number on, I would say about 65% zone and 35% man blocking. I could be off a little bit on that, but that's what I would guess it is around. And James Carpenter doesn't fit in his own blocking scheme because a man blocking scheme, which he's good at, which he was good at in the first year with the Jets, is, okay, that's me versus you. That, that's me versus you. I'm pushing you to the ground. Uh, the play is over. Zone blocking, you're, you're moving um, with the entire offensive line. You have to take that zone. So you have to be able to, you know, check the middle linebacker while you're still moving to the second level and taking you – know, or, or moving to the first level and hitting a defensive end or whatever it may be or – 
you know, sliding, hitting better, defensive better, end. Better footwork, better agility, able <laughs> yeah. to, you know, adjust on the move. It's not, uh, you know, it's not power. It's not you're, 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 you're moving. You're moving on a string. You're moving, you're moving to spots. You're blocking spots. So you have to move. Um, a lot more than man blocking where it's okay. It's me versus you. So zone blocking, like I said, it's a lot more agility, a lot more uh, speed, foot quickness, man blocking's power um, versus power type of type of deal. So that's why he didn't really fit too well in the zone blocking scheme this year. He's, he, they're going to run more zone um, next year than they will man. I don't think he's going to be great next year either. And then he's probably going to be cut. So like Glenn said, if they can sign player X, Let's sign on now and get rid of Carpenter. You don't have to worry about it next year um, if you really like that player and he comes for, for a fair uh, contract. So the next thing, Glenn, I'm just in, ter- in terms of like free agency, then we'll actually get into like, you know, going to uh, whatever that website is where you can actually go through the free agency list. Uh, something else that happened, you touched on last week, Dylan Donahue. Um, we've talked about this, these things many, many times. I don't get it. I don't feel bad for these people. I think if anything, they're, they're more of assholes than people who do it when they don't, when they're a plumber or something like that. I think you brought up that example, Glenn. Was that you? you said, uh, you know, if you're like a plumber and you get a DUI or something. No, 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 that wasn't it. We are sorry. I was talking about domestic violence situations with police officers. They get their gun taken away. It's different than if a plumber gets a DUI, he doesn't get his wrench taken away or his plunger. So it's, it's that, sorry. Um, but yeah, dude. It, l- listen, you have a chance to make millions and millions of dollars throughout your career. You're a fifth round pick. He's a guy who I I personally didn't like coming out of the draft. I didn't like that the Jets drafted him. I don't really think anything stood out about him. Um, he's gonna have to fight to make the roster regardless, uh, or he would have had to next year even if he didn't get the DUI. Now you get a DUI. Uh, what he he hit a bus and injured like three people on it, minor injuries. Yeah, it's like a a, a van. Um carrying 15 people four of them suffered minor injuries okay uh donahue was fine at the scene um wasn't he, kind of, wasn't he going the wrong way in like a one of the yeah. tunnels yeah he went he went the wrong way through the lincoln tunnel he drove around uh there's some blue traffic cones set up uh dividing the two lanes he drove around the blue traffic cones went into the oncoming lane and uh slammed into a bus that was uh again carrying 15 people some minor injuries and his passenger, whoever it was, uh, was belligerent with the cops at the scene. Okay. And, uh, what a dumbass, man. I was mean, Donahue belligerent too or no? Not that I read. No, I didn't see anything and about that. Did, did the toxic, toxicology report come out, Glenn? Uh, I didn't, if it did, I didn't see it. I, I just saw that he, uh, he failed the uh, field sobriety test. Yeah, well, uh, I think I think you have to be pretty freaking drunk to go around cones and go the wrong way. Yeah. In the Lincoln really, Tunnel? In all reality, that's your test. <laughs> like, yeah. you drove around the traffic cones and went into oncoming traffic into a tunnel. I don't, need, I don't need to know if you can walk a straight line. Something is not right with you. Yeah, I, I know he had a couple of good snaps last year, but if, he, if he's gone because of that, I'm fine with it. I, I don't yeah. feel bad for these players, dude. You, nope. you have the best chance. And I know, listen, I know they work hard. I know all this, oh, they work really hard for that chance. But still, they have that chance, and they just blow it because they're being a bunch of douchebags. Listen, I'm sure there's plenty of people in your phone or Dylan Donahue. Hey, come pick me up, and I'll you know do whatever, or we can hang out, whatever. <laughs> The NFL has a program. The Jets have a program. Every yeah. player has a number they can call if they're out and they get drunk and do stupid stuff. Hey, just call this number. No questions asked. We come pick you up, keep you out of trouble. But uh, it's too much to ask for some people. And uh, I'm, I'm on the same page with you, Joe. He has hundreds of, of thousands of dollars. If I can afford a Uber from Red Bank or Asbury, wherever I go, and I make zero money right now, I'm pretty sure a guy in the NFL can afford an Uber. So you're being a drunk asshole. It's your own fault. If you're gone, you're gone. I, I couldn't care less. You know, I, I don't feel bad for these guys. You're, you're ruining a golden opportunity. It is yep. what it is. Whatever. Goodbye. Um, yep. 
so some other news, just like, like you know, like kind of like general free agency news. Uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Ansah was tagged. Um, it, listen, I, I was one of those guys I wanted to uh, talk about cornerbacks and quarterbacks and stuff like that. I, I saw on Twitter that people was like infatuation with Ezekiel Ansah, who had a good year last year. But and, – and I heard people like kind of defending that he could play in a 3-4. The Jets can see him around it. The Jets, for the most part – ran three-man fronts, or where they had a defensive end, even if it was a four- or a five-man front, their defensive end was a five-technique. Maybe they had a guy at seven-technique or whatever it may be, but right. Wilson and Leonard Williams were mostly um, five-technique. Sometimes they moved into three, but he definitely couldn't play three, so he'd be mostly a five. So he's not an outside linebacker. He's too big to play outside linebacker in a three-four. He would have not fit here. He just got $17 million tag or whatever it was. I believe it was $17 million. You'd have paid way too much money for a player who did not fit the scheme. That is dumb, um, a dumb strategy in free agency. So I didn't care about Ezekiel Asa. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is the same type of thing. He's a little bit lighter. I think he's 265. That's still big to pay or, or uh, too big to play 3-4 defensive end or 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, if you're paying a guy that much money, whatever it may be, 14, 15, 16, 17 million dollars, you want him to fit perfectly. So you're not gonna, oh well, he might fit here, whatever, blah, blah. We're gonna pay him 16 million dollars. That's dumb. So neither of these guys fit the scheme. The Jets were never going to be interested in these guys. It wasn't going to happen. He got tagged. It's not that much news in my opinion. So, but you know, Jets fans were infatuated with the fact of you know plugging a square peg into a into a round hole one. So I just had to cover that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he didn't end up here. I, I don't think it would have been a good fit. Not at all. And, you know, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people calling for that. Oh, let's go get them. Let's go get them. I just, you, you gotta. You want good players, but you want good players that uh, that fit what you want to do. And yeah. you know, there are some players that transcend any system. Like they're that great that no matter what system you put them in, they'll succeed. He's not one of them. Glenn, it's like it's like the the Bucks who are his own team trading trading for Revis. It's like why? Yeah. yeah. How, how much sense did that make? That no, was no. that was. Not much. Um, it's it's like it just does, it does make sense. He's not a three four outside linebacker. If the Jets can scheme around a little bit, you, when you're paying that much money, you want a perfect fit. You're not going to try to work around it. So, um, or you could, could work around it a little bit if it needs a little bit of altercation. But or alter, oh, not yeah, not altercation. Um, blanking alteration. on the word alteration. There we go. Uh, like I said, my IQ is like seven on the weekends when I can actually relax. Now the Jets, we said before, have ninety two about ninety two million dollars. We're not sure, but you said 90, so I'll just, we'll go with 90. $2 million doesn't even really make a difference uh, at this point. Now, the next um, thing I've been hearing a little bit, Tyron Matthew uh, is owed right around $13 million with the Cardinals this year. But if he were to be traded, the team that he would go to would only owe him $5.75 million. Glenn, are you interested? Obviously, you know, Jamal Adams was seen on Twitter trying to recruit him to the Jets. You know, it would be whatever, you know, uh, it would be awesome if you came here. You probably said fire or lit or one of those things. Um, but what are your thoughts on Tyron Matthew? What would you trade for him? Uh, um, I mean, what would I give up for? I, I would have no problem going out and getting him. I mean, this team, this defense needs playmakers, and that guy's a playmaker. He's uh, – Oh, yeah, he is. He, he just – he's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, I, he'd be much better – I mean, really, you can move him all over the field, but he'd be a better option in the slot. Than Glenn, he's a safety. Why the Jets need another safety, Glenn? <laughs> Isn't he, though? Oh, my goodness. And I, and you know that's coming, too. And I'm sure a lot of people, oh, that, that's just what we need. Mac's going to sign him because that's what we need is a safety. Um, yeah, but uh, he, he's, a, he's a Swiss Army knife. You can move him all over the field. He can do a lot of different things for you. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot of talk about hybrid linebacker safeties. 
he's one of those, but he's, he's probably the best one. Um, so you can use him in a, as a, to do a lot of different things for you. Another LSU product. So I'd be totally on board with it. Now, what would I give up for him? I mean, I would say a fifth or lower. You know, what, what did Marcus Peters get a third? You know, um, yeah, how much years are left on his deal? And that's uh, the thing because Matthew Peters, is, is only going to have what another year on his deal. So uh, I think Peters has two. I think two with that two. fifth year option or no, because he's a first round pick. So he has that fifth year option. So he's been in the league for two years. So I think he has three years. He might have two. I think you're right. I think, I think he has two in the fifth year option. But uh, but either way, you're getting him at a deep discount uh, year one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I would I would go with a, I would go a fourth. I wouldn't go more than that. Not with what the current market is. I w- I would only go a fourth if he was willing to sign a contract on on the line when you traded for that fourth. And that's yeah, that's something you could work out beforehand. Maybe now it, now if there's no agreement, I'll, I'll go a fifth or or less, fifth, sixth, seventh. Because listen, if there's a thing called big nickel, big dime, you can bring in three safeties. That's completely fine. He can play outside linebacker. One of the problems with the Jets' defense is their speed on the edges. You saw a lot of teams last year, whether it be an outside zone pitch plays, they didn't have a lot of speed on the edges to get to those guys. You had a guy like a Tyron Matthew uh, that can completely change. You can find a way to make him a linebacker because let's He's face it, yeah, let's face like it, you could you could scheme around it. And would you rather have a Josh Martin in the game, a, a Darren Lee, or Tyron Matthew on, on that edge? Uh, yeah, you might lose in size at sometimes, but the, his playmaking ability, the interceptions he's going to get, the fumbles he's going to force is going to be. Uh, ridiculous and with that you know let's say you sign whoever cornerback to play uh, a mid-level starter at slot or even like a little bit below player at slot and you can implement uh, Tyron Matthew into that slot and play him at slot with both Jamal Adams and Marcus May on the field that that's fantastic then you can get rid of screen because Matthew can play the slot and screen saves six seven million dollars if they get rid of him um, so you're basically taking screen, you're cutting him, you're taking on Matthew's $5.75 million. And then you play Matthew there along with, you know, edge or as a blitz or whatever. So if they were able to trade for a fifth or sixth, seventh uh, for him, or even extend to a contract and get a fourth, that, that'd be awesome. It would really be awesome for the secondary. You add that to getting a, a cornerback or two, whether it be free agency or the draft or both. That's a, that's a revamp revamp secondary right there. Uh, Jamal Adams another year, Marcus Smith another year, Tyron Matthew, two new cornerbacks, high level cornerbacks. Hopefully, um, hopefully an outside linebacker. This would look like a completely different defense than, than it was last year. So, uh, I'm 100 percent for it. Now with that, you know he did miss three games his rookie year, three uh, three games in 2014, uh, six games in 2016, and no games last year. So he has a little bit of he's a little bit nicked up. Um, but still, I'm not too worried about it. So I, I would love that move, Glenn. I really would. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, like I said, this team, this defense needs playmakers, and he would be, uh, he would instantly become the biggest one. So I'd be all for it. Yeah. Now, before we get into like the actual free agency list and stuff like that, we'll talk about Cousins a little bit again. Um, not too much. I don't want to make it a, a Kirk Cousins show the entire time I'm I'm on here. Uh, but now there's reports. Like I said, it's reports. So put very little stock in it. Uh, unless it comes directly from his mouth or his agent's mouth. But we still have to talk about it because it's a, it's a hot uh, topic right now on Twitter. Cousins is not looking for a five- or six-year deal. He's looking for a, a short three- to four-year deal. Uh, Glenn, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't like it. You know, it, if I'm going to be <clears> – if I, as an owner, am going to be investing that type of money in a player, $90 million guaranteed, then, um, then I'm going to need more than three years out of you because that is an insane amount of money. And it kind of – 
I don't know. I'm, you know, as you know, as anybody knows, you see me on, on Twitter and, and whatever. I'm, I'm all for bringing Kirk Cousins in. I'm not saying I don't want the guy, but, um, and I'm not, I'm not quite indifferent. That dampens your spirits a little bit. I, you know, I honestly, I think, uh, and again, not saying I don't want him. I think just over the last week or so, my spirits are, are a little dampened. Just just because, honestly, I don't, I don't think he's going to land here. I think he's going to go to Minnesota. So I'm kind if of – If I was Kirk Cousins, I'm in, I'm in Minnesota. There's no – Yeah, doubt. absolutely. And so in my mind, I'm kind of already moving on, focusing back on the guys in the draft. So I expect the Jets to make it. So just for me, my mindset, already kind of moving on and then hearing that, I'm just like, you know what, make him one offer for whatever you think is fair. And if he says no, you you walk away happy that you, you you know you took a shot, you know make him a fair five year the five year offer for and make it your best shot. Make it make it a take it or leave it. Look, we don't want to screw around here. You probably want to go to Minnesota anyway. We'll offer you five million X amount guaranteed, yes or no. And if you say no, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that's what they do. I want them, you ha- you can't not take a shot. You can't be the Jets. You can't be a team that hasn't had a quarterback in almost fifty years and not take a shot here. But don't get caught up in it. Make him an offer, and then yeah. call the Colts and see what it's going to take to move up to number three. And that's something I saw on Twitter the other day too. Like, oh well, the Jet like, and we've talked about this before too, Glenn. The Jets could draft a guy; he could be better than Kirk Cousins. Glenn, if you had to put like a percentage chance on that happening, it's it's very low. And now it might happen. People might come back and say, oh, blah, 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 look at this player. But I can show you thousands of first round quarterbacks who just did not work out. Like I said, you don't know if they fit the scheme. You don't know if they're going to succeed in New York. You don't know if the Jets have the right talent or the right quarterback coach or medical staff. Well, maybe medical staff. We know that's pretty good. <clears throat> Regardless, there's so much more factors than draft them. Oh, I drafted him. He's an 87 in Madden. He's good now. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I've, 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 talked, I've talked about that a few times. I, it, I can't believe how many people just say, let's just draft somebody and develop them. Um, and I feel like I talk about it too much, but it, it really just drives me nuts because I keep seeing it. It's one of the most like ignorant statements you could you could if you follow anybody who has that who said that statement unfollow them please. It's it's unbelievable. Just develop somebody. Why maybe you're, just maybe, develop somebody? maybe people are just attracted to stupid. I don't know why you'd follow anybody. It's, it's and 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 the, the uh you know it's funny because um uh after weeks and weeks and weeks of myself and many others saying it um these these people who keep saying why do we want a guy nobody wants his own team doesn't want him why do we want him um. And I've I've gotten it's like I've gotten tired of saying it. Like uh-huh. they they want him. He doesn't want them. Yeah. And, and the other day, uh, his head coach Jay Gruden came out, and Jay Gruden said, "If Kirk doesn't want to be here, it's time for us to move on." Like the head coach just told you, like it's him that yeah. doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to hear it. I I, I, I keep hearing people compare him to Neil O'Donnell. Which goes another Neil O'Donnell. It's like. In what universe, other than they're both right-handed quarterbacks, like that's it. That's where the comparisons end. Yeah. Um, yeah O'Donnell yeah. took O'Donnell took a higher percentage of sacks. Cousins throws a higher percentage of touchdowns. Cousin completed. Glenn, you don't you don't even have to get into it, it because it's dumb. It's just stupid. It's dumb. It's like it's like one moron says it, and then like everyone jumps on board because they can't think of another dumbass comparison. I just can't believe how easily people get like manipulated into believing something that's so stupid. It's like, just, just do it's do some just, of your own it's research. Like politics. Yeah, we can have a long discussion about that, but uh, whether you're whatever side you're on, just just please, God, don't believe everything you hear because you're you're ignorant to that too. Because uh, people are 
paid and told they'll be fired if they don't say certain things or support a certain side. So just, it's so hard at the, these days to believe anything you hear, literally. I could be lying to you right now. Maybe they're all telling you the truth. We have yeah, no I idea. I don't trust you. I don't trust you, Joe. I wouldn't either. I'm a, I'm a douche. Um, but okay, yeah. So, but with that, Glenn, and, and talking about Kirk Cousins, I think the Jets are the number two team. Honestly, I think the Jets are above Denver. Uh, I just don't really see the attraction with the Denver's roster right now. They're getting older. They don't have a ton of money to add pieces around him. So I do think the Jets are that number two, and you have the reports that Cardinals are involved too. The Cardinals, I don't really see a lot with their roster. So I, I do think the Jets are number two. And what discourages me a little bit with the Vikings, the Vikings don't have as much room with the Jets. But we've heard before that Kirk Cousins does care about winning. So if, if it was all about the money, I'd be pretty confident. But the fact that it's about winning and Minnesota's making room to – um sign him with the they got rid of of case keenum so uh i think he's gonna go to like the vikings but i do think there's a still a shot that the jets could get him he's been linked to the jets a lot uh if they do i'm, I'm happy with it but i'm definitely with you the five or six year deal i feel a lot more confident with three or four year deal don't go crazy with it but i still i'm still fine with signing him to a three or four year deal i just like a five or six year deal more now if they were to sign him to a three or four year deal I'm honestly fine with either trading back into the first round and grabbing a quarterback or grabbing a quarterback in the second round. You develop them, uh, and then you hopefully have a quarterback in three or four years to step up after Kirk Cousins leaves because you need a backup plan. You just want to be the same position three or four years down the road. Um, you know, So I'm, I'm fine with it. But with that, I would like to, to draft the quarterback in the second or third round most definitely. And I can understand it from his point of view. He's going to test it out. He's going to get money. And then in three or four years – uh, he's going to get the highest paid quarterback contract in NFL history again. You know, so I get it. Um, well, I think real quick, Joe, because I don't want to go on about him forever. I really think that the way he's handling this, I think this could change quarterback contracts forever. I think every quarterback is going to look at this and go, why do I keep signing with the same team without hitting free agency? Like, why not get another team involved? Sign if, a two-year deal every time. Dude, if you're Aaron Rodgers right now, why would you think about signing with the Packers? First of all, they're not building anything around you. Like, they just keep every year, like, Aaron and a bunch of draft picks. We're not going to sign anyone, and we're not going to win, but that's okay because we got Aaron, so we'll almost win. Dude, and Kirk, you're Aaron Rodgers. You're about to see Kirk Cousins get $30 million a year. You're twice the quarterback he is. I think quarterback's going to watch what Kirk Cousins does and says, hey, you know what, um, Pittsburgh or whatever team you're with, I'm probably going to stay here, but let's check free agency, see what happens. I mean, these guys could get – we're not talking about like, oh, they might get an extra $3 million. These guys get an extra $10 million by hitting free agency. And I think this is a way that this Kirk Cousins deal could change quarterback contracts forever, depending on how this turns out. Yeah, if you're one of those guys who only cares about money, just sign a year or two-year deal every time, and then you're the next highest-paid quarterback because inevitably, inevitably there's going to be people bidding for your services and your team, even if you want to stay with the, the, the Packers because, okay, Aaron likes it in Green Bay – he knows the system. He, he knows the team. Even They're going to choke up as much money as they possibly can. Um, but I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even talking about one or two year deals. Even if you're going to sign a five year deal, max it out and let let two teams bid on you, instead of just accepting the best offer the team you're already with gives you. Because I guarantee you, whatever the Packers are paying Aaron Rodgers, if he would have hit free agency, somebody else would have paid him a lot more, and the Packers would have had to match that. And then he he can still stay in Green Bay. Yeah, but, but, then, but then like you forty million. Yeah, you factor in like okay, now you have to factor in, you know, how much do they like to win because obviously that extra money wouldn't be able to go to the offensive line, the cornerbacks, things like that. So it's I I, I get it, 
um, at the same time, it would be – it's never going to happen. But um, maybe it could in a, in a sense, you know, obviously not full. Like, okay, and now quarterbacks are only signing two years deal deals, but now we might see, yeah, more quarterbacks uh, testing the free agency market because why not? You know, you're making yeah. more money. Um, but like Tom Brady, Tom Brady only makes about like $14, $15 million Twelve. a year. Twelve, Twelve. Is it 12? Okay. But his wife makes about 80. This is also true. So it's not his wife and makes. And the Patriots let him open up a store in their stadium and sell his bottled water. True. Bottled water, really? Um, yeah, like, like TB12 water. <laughs> got like Tom Brady's hair follicles in it. Okay, so Glenn, let's um, – do you want to do offense or defense first with some of the other – I guess not minor positions. Or actually – yeah, let's let's do. Uh, uh, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? Offense or defense? Are we talking about free agency? Yeah, we'll talk about some free agents and some free agents targets and things like that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go by position and talk about who they can target, and we can start wherever you want: quarterback, receiver, defense, whatever. No, we already did. Let's do. Let's do. Um, let's do uh, tight ends because I have that in the back of my mind. Now there's reports that. Um, with Austin Safarian Jenkins looking for $7 million a year. We've talked about it before. I think it's too high um, for him. And let's look. Uh, I think I think we agreed previously that six would be more appropriate. And the more I think about that, I'm just like, we're talking about a one-dimensional guy who had six good games and then fell off the face of the earth. Like, that two-year $8 million offer the Jets made – really isn't that far off from what he probably deserves. Um, yeah. If they went as high as five, I could live with it. If you're going to go beyond that, give me Trey Burton. Go get Trey Burton. Let Austin Safarian Jenkins try to get $7 million a year from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just, yeah, one-dimensional. I've, I've called him average many times. People have gotten mad at me. Oh, he's, a, he's only average, blah, blah, blah. But I think the Jets are kind of – um, overrating him just because the Jets haven't had a tight end. Just like if the Jets get a decent quarterback, they're going to overrate him too much too because, um, you know, the Jets just haven't had a good one. And I'll give credit to their website just so I'm not using it and they don't say whatever. Yeah, Walter um, Football. They're, they, Walter they, Football, they have, okay. They have a lot of info on there. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's guys like Trey Burden who obviously is one of the hottest free agents in uh, free agency right now. Austin Severian Jenkins is third by their ranks. I don't know if I agree with that. Jimmy Graham, I want absolutely no part of him. But, yeah, Trey Burton at the top. Tyler Eifert has some injury problems. I wouldn't. I would be okay with a, 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 a I don't know, a five, six, seven million dollar, five or six million dollar deal with some injury incentive type things. He's obviously a really, really good tight end uh, when he's healthy. Cameron Brate's another one who is just as good, if not better. He's than restricted a though. Isn't he, we we got to see what Tampa Bay does with him. He's restricted. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but there's some there's some options. Virgil Green, no. Antonio Gates, no. I don't know if there's a better website for this. Uh, ben Watson, no, 37. Uh, Troy Nicholas, I'm not really too sure about how he's been doing. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going too high for Austin Safarian Jenkins. Let's try no, again. I, 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 if the Jets go six, I can live with it. But I would, I would love to see them draw the line in the sand at five and just say, you know, if you want to go somewhere else, go. Um, there is still a, a little bit of curiosity. And I won't, I won't, you know, I said this a million times during the season, but I would have liked to have seen him use down the field a little bit more last season. I know he's not a burner, but just with his with his height, with his size. He's a wingspan, yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be able to outjump some guys for some balls down the middle. And the Jets basically never used him in that role. Um, so that that's if, – if, if he walked and got six or seven somewhere else and then we saw another team use him in that capacity and he started tearing teams up, 
I'd be a little bit pissed off. But that, yeah. you know, that that's on the Jets this year for not using him at all in that role. No, I think he, I think he's a he's a five or six million dollar guy, uh, or five or six million dollar per year type of guy maximum. Uh, anywhere over six million dollars, six and a half million dollars, I'm not willing to do it. And if he's gonna walk on the Jets, a team he really turned around his life with, then whatever. It's not like you're losing Rob Gronkowski. That's the way it goes, though. And There's no you got you know got every time a guy's under contract, he wants to spend the rest of his life with the team he's with, except Kirk Cousins. Um, so, you know, I never really – that's like grain of salt stuff. Oh, I want to spend the rest of my career here. You know, um, I want to spend the rest of my career where I'm going to make the most money. And that's not exclusive to him. I'm not knocking him for it. Just kind of the way it goes. Yeah, now – and with free agency running backs, Glenn, your your thoughts. Obviously, the Jets lose Matt Forte. They they can't roll into the season with, with Bilal Powell and um, Elijah McGuire and just a nobody. So, what are no, your I thoughts can't. on that? Uh, any, anybody you're interested in in free agency as a running back, Le'Veon Bell, he's going to want too much money. One, uh, two, the, if the Jets were in a position where they were making a playoff run, had a quarterback, yeah, fine, sign Le'Veon Bell. They're not in that position. I want no part of that. I wouldn't want Le'Veon Bell <laughs> at eight million a year. That guy, just look back at the history of this league, and guys who touch the ball 400 times are washed up in two years, and he's had over 400 touches this year. The, the body cannot take that beating for that long. And I would not be surprised if three years from now, he's an average running back. So, yeah. No part of, and, I'm, you know, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll be one of the best backs in the NFL for the next six, seven years. But he, he would be a true outlier. And, and, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. When you're talking, when I see people say, pay this man, get him in green and white, it'll be 14 million a year to a guy who's pro- very likely going to be washed up in two or three years? I'm afraid not. I mean, the Jets are actually going to be able to make a playoff push, yeah. Yeah, not, uh, especially with such a deep draft class. Deion Lewis, good player, good all-around guy. Yeah, but um, he, is there a report a that he wants 6 or $7 million too, and he gets hurt a lot? And yeah. I'm just, he, we, the Jets need like an like a all-around running back or a bruiser. Deion Lewis is more of that uh, receiving back type of guy who they already have with Blau Powell and Elijah McGuire. So I'm not interested in him, really. If it's the money, Carlos Hyde is a guy who I'll, I'll be okay with signing him. I like Carlos Hyde a lot. He's a, he's a power guy. I like him. It kind of depends on his price tag. Yeah, it, obviously everything we're saying depends on the price tag. Uh, if it's you know some guys, yeah, okay. If 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 any of these guys want a million or two million dollars, I'm gonna sign them. Just as if they want you know eight or nine, I'm not gonna sign them. It's obviously all relative. We're just talking about our general market value. But if you yeah, sign a market value deal, yeah, we're basing their market value. And I'm not gonna go out here, okay. Deion Lewis, his market value is exactly four point seven five nine dollars. Come on, Joe, you, you got to break it down. If I'm going to make a decision, Joe, I need all the information. I yeah. need to know exactly how much he's worth. Um, Carlos Hyde's a guy I would really like. Like, like it says under it, they, they've never really had a good offensive line, and he I, he always impresses me when I watch Fort Niners, uh, when yeah. I rarely do. Isaiah Crowell, I want no part of that guy. Um, I have personal issues against that guy. Uh, Rex Burkhead, meh, not really. Doug Martin, no, meh. No. McKinnon, meh. Morris, meh. Uh, now, now Jeremy Hill's a guy who who is a little bit lower down the list who I, I would like to um, to sign if he came for a reasonable market value type of guy, um, bruising type of running back that the Jets need. But with that, if you sign a Carlos Hyde, okay, maybe you take a flyer on a sixth or seventh round running back uh, class because this running back class is the deepest they've said in, in many many years. Um, but if you're to sign a, Carl, a you know a Carlos Hyde, maybe you go a little bit later in the draft. But Jeremy Hill, Glenn is a guy who. Um, we both would probably – I think you would agree that you would, you would want Jeremy Hill here to be that power back type of guy, 
you know, second and two, third and two goal on situations you can put in the game and who can truck through some people. So Jeremy Hill, I would say, with Carlos Hyde, the two running backs I'd be interested in signing in uh, free agency. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> – excuse me, I wouldn't dislike it. But, again, in such a deep class, I would – I actually prefer at this point a lower – you know, like you look at Orleans Darkwell there. You know, I don't know if you saw that, Joe. He's a guy that uh, the Jets reportedly do have interest in. I want to say it was Connor Hughes who reported it, that he's hearing at the Combine or wherever he is. Yeah. That the Jets are interested in <laughs> Orleans Darkwell. You look at the numbers that guy put up, he averaged 4.3. I thought it was 4.4. This is 4.3. Uh, 4.3 a carry, but with 750 yards rushing behind a very, very bad Giants offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. And he is a power guy. He, he, you know, he, he's, he's that power back they don't have. So I think I would prefer him. Not a lot of miles because he hasn't been a featured guy. So you got, even though he's 26, you got low mileage, you got a power runner, you got a productive guy behind a bad offensive yeah. line. Okay. I, I like the idea of bringing him in quite a bit. Yeah, and exactly, 4.3 yards per carry. I didn't know it was quite that high, but every time I watch Giants games, I remember um, their other – who's their other running back that they used this year? Uh, whoever it was. They were so bad I can't remember some of their names. But I remember I was watching with my sister's husband, and he'd be like, you know, put it in Darkwood, put it in Darkwood. And we watched Darkwood run, and he ran the ball pretty freaking well. So if he comes out in free agency and he wants to come to the Jets for a lower uh, type of deal, I'm completely fine with that. It doesn't mean the Jets can't draft a running back. Sign, that- sign Darkwa. And draft a guy in the second or third round. And I'm fine with that, you know, and this, keep him this, rested. The thing that's crazy, Joe, and it's, you know, that, that I see with fans, like when that news broke, like people people start getting pissed off. Like they think that any any free agent a team is linked to, first of all, as we both said many times over, it can be total bullshit. We have no idea if that's if they're going to sign the guy. Darko can be signed tomorrow. We have no if idea. They, if they did sign the guy – not every guy you sign is the guy who's going to play 100% of the reps. Like, some guys are going to be backups. Yeah. This is a guy who would be – you could make a case could be a good starter. But whether he's going to be a starter or a backup, like people – I mean, it's a thing that hasn't even happened yet, and we may not even know the implications. And, and the, Twitter, the Twitter sphere is like, this is why we suck. Why do we always go after these bums? This this team has all this money, and we're, this is who we're going to sign. This is our big move. Like, just because it's the first name to come out, the, everyone's saying, like, this is the only guy we're going to sign. I guess hey, that's it. $90 million. Right? We're, we're going we're, we're to give Darkwell one year for $84 million, and then we got $6 million left to sign the draft picks. That's, yeah. what, that's, what, that's what's going on here, you freaking maniacs. Yeah, the Jets are only going to sign Darkwell and everybody else below. Uh, and he's going to start. He's starting. He's, he's carried every carry. Hey, even, no, when he's I, hurt, even when he's hurt, just keep giving him the ball, lying on the ground, stuck it in his stomach. I'm fine. Yeah, like I said, I'm fine with signing Darkwa and then draft running back in the second or third round. We The Jets need talent at skill positions, and the more talent you have, fine. If he's coming in and he's taking up four or five million dollars, let's just say four million dollars of that 90 million, and he only, and he gets 150 snaps and 250 or 200 snaps, and he's effective on those snaps, it's a it's a good deal. So yeah, I would agree. Carlos Hyde's yeah, going to be a little yeah. bit more money, but seeing guy. Seeing a seeing a guy like a Darkwell or Jeremy Hill in here, I would prefer over Hyde because Hyde's gonna demand more money, more snaps. Um, where I think the Jets could be a buyer, you know, with a I'm not gonna say three headed monster, but a, a three headed running back duo of Powell, that McGuire, would be a Darkwa, um, and then um, you know, running back whoever maybe in the second, third, fourth round, fifth round, whoever you like, plug in that name. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's not. So why, why does it feel like Jonathan Stewart has been thirty-one years old for six years? 
I don't know. I'm not interested in signing him, so I skipped him. I just. I feel like every year I look at that guy and I'm like, wasn't he? Wasn't he thinking about retirement five years ago? This is a guy who I in, in fullbacks. Just really quickly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on fullback. I would like to see the Jets, whoever it may be. Zach Lyon was apparently interested in the Jets coming from the Vikings last year, and then they well, said the Jets, they signed yeah, him. It, like, it got to the point where it looked like he was signed. I thought he was signed. Yeah, and then it just went away. It was weird. he came in for a visit, and I think somebody jumped the gun and somebody said he was signed, and it, it ended up obviously not happening. Yeah, um, I'm not going to act like I know about all these uh, these fullbacks, but just in general, if, if they can sign a Knicks from the the Steelers, even though he's a restricted free agency or restricted free agent, or a Sherman, you know, he's 29, but it's a fullback, so it's not a huge deal. Or a Zach Line, I'd like to see the Jets bring in a, a fullback. Um, and I know that a Lawrence Thomas uh, had that whole thing at uh, fullback. He he was he was mediocre at best at fullback. I know he was, he was pretty good in that Dolphins game when he first came in. Uh, but he he really leveled out where he was missing assignments or just not able to block linebackers at times. So uh, I would like to see the Jets sign a, sign a fullback. Not not a huge uh, talking point, but I would definitely like to see it. Now wide receivers, we've talked about this a little bit, but and people say, oh, the Jets have a Nunwa. You don't know his health. Um, they have Robbie Anderson. We don't know how many games he's going to be suspended for. And yeah, you have two rookies, but you really are you are you extremely confident? Um, or are you saying that you can't add a top flight wide receiver because you have a new one? Like I said, don't know his health. Anderson, uh, not sure when he's going to play. Uh, again, you know, not sure what the Jets are even doing with him. And then you have Hanson who proved little, uh, a little bit. And you have Stewart who proved little to none. And you have Curse, a guy who was what 28 years old. Um, so you're confident, you know, that the Jets don't need a receiver. Um, Landry's tagged. I want no part of him if it comes with a trade. He's I, actually rumored to be. Uh... Bears. Yeah, rumors he's going to Chicago. Um, Josh Gordon, no freaking way. Allen Robinson is probably the number one guy on a lot of people's list. Allen Robinson. Um, I think the Jags are going to find a way to keep him. I don't think he's leaving. Yeah, if the, if the Jets were able to bring in him for that young quarterback or um, Kirk Cousins or you know Tyra Taylor or Case Keenum, whoever it may be, with the rookie quarterback, uh, I would absolutely love that. He's a true number. He's a true. I'm not going to say number one because I think that's overused. He's a true X receiver who's going to be on the field, um, the field side, the battery side, whatever, by himself, um, demanding that, you know, double team bracket coverage, demanding the safety over top, a guy who can go deep, a guy who, who can play short, um, physical guy, uh, really good hands, who can run after the catch. He, he's all he's all that. Sammy Watkins, I've heard a little bit, Glenn. No. Listen, I've heard people talk about that, like, him like they really want him. He has no. a really bad injury history. He's got he's had multiple foot surgeries. No way. I'm not I'm not paying him a lot of money now. If he's gonna come in for a, for a low deal, sure. Uh, Some, somebody's gonna give him a bunch of money. Let let him go there. Don't, yeah, I'm, don't I'm not I'm not paying him a lot of money at all. Cameron Meredith, these are these are more of like role player guys, like you said before. We're not, we're not gonna sign Cameron Meredith. He's gonna be the number one receiver. You know, X who's gonna get, you know, seventy percent of the targets. But as a role player. I'd be okay with the Terrell Pryor. Uh, he's a little bit too old for me. Marcus yeah, uh, Terrell Pryor, not a fan. Uh, something there. Like, again, talented guys who keep getting allowed to hit free agency. That, that tells me there's something there. Paul Richardson would probably be one of my top targets, especially I was gonna, with the Robbie Anderson situation. Uh, um, I was just going to say that, Glenn. Sorry. Um, I interrupted you, and I kept going no matter what. I'm, so I apologize for that twice. Um, but – these three guys right here, that, and I'm pointing to the screen like you can see my finger, but other than Al Robinson, I think all three of these guys are pretty nice. Marquis Slay, he had a, he had a pretty good year um, with, with the Jaguars last year with Blake Bortles throwing him the ball. 
Dante Moncrief is a guy who who he's not he's not a, a he's not like a huge time member or, or ex wide receiver, but I think he could fit that role for the Jets. I like Dante Moncrief a lot, uh, and Paul Richards is another guy too. So I think these are three guys who would come for a relatively uh, reasonable deal. I'm not going to say cheap, but these are three guys who can add to that core and, and pretty nice players for the Jets. Yeah, Richardson will be my top choice in that group. Yeah, mine would be Moncrief. Uh, I I really like him when I when I. Uh, when I see him, but Paul Richardson too. Um, he's a, he's a good player with the Seahawks and Al Robinson, obviously being my, my number one, but then it's all comes down to money as well, where if, you know, if Moncrief or Richardson looking for a market deal, let's just say fair value is, you know, $5 million for them, $6 million for them. And, you know, Al Robinson wants $10 million a year or $11 million a year, maybe a little bit too much coming off of an injury. Then I would rather find one of these guys. So there's a couple of options. It's not a top, top need for the Jets, but I think they would be smart to add a guy you know, like a Paul Richardson to the team because, like I said, there's a couple of question marks at the Jets' wide receiver position. And whether it be a young quarterback or Kirk Cousins, they, they need guys to uh, throw the ball to. So let's not be, uh, you know, stingy with our money and not signing these guys. Offensive tackles, I think we could skip that, Glenn, um, unless you bring, think they're bringing in a guy over Shell. I think Shell's another opportunity. I think he was okay last year at best. I'm not sure if he's a long-term option, but I think he's a starter going into next year. I think the Jets give him another chance. Uh, Beecham has a huge contract. Well, not a huge contract. I think he's he's actually the top paid Jet right now. <laughs> he's making like nine million dollars. Yeah. Um, and all all of that to, or most of it is guaranteed. So the Jets are not getting rid of Beecham. I don't think they're going to sign a left tackle either. So I'm just going to skip that for now. Is that okay with you? Do you agree with that statement? Absolutely. Um, guard now. We were just like we were talking about. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, with. Carpenter, I'm not going to lay it all out again on, on why it would be okay to sign a guard, but if you listened before and you didn't skip to the mid-show mid for whatever reason on the why you would do that, uh, I think it would be okay to sign a guard. It's not like a, a dire need right now, um, but what, what would you think about it? Uh, I think it has to be addressed, whether it's through free agency or the draft. you got to bring another guard in. Um, Norwell is a pipe dream. Um, I've seen a couple reports saying the Giants are putting together the richest contract in NFL history for a guard. Can he play left tackle? Uh, no. Could he? I'm kidding. I'm just saying. They, they uh, I, 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 so I didn't know if you say. I didn't know if you said could he or did he. Um, <laughs> no. They, uh, from what I hear, the Giants are going to make him a record-breaking offer. Justin Pugh, um, not too thrilled about. Um, Josh Sitton's an interesting guy to me. I know he's 32. But let's face it, a lot of these guards can play, you know, easily till you know, at yeah, least 35. No. When it comes to, like, a guy who's, like, 32, I'd rather just go, go with Carpenter and see how he plays, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just – as bad as Carpenter was, and I don't see him getting better in a scheme that's probably going to have even more zone than they had last year. Um, so we'll see. And there was – I think there was another guy. I forget who it was. I, I wish um, it said, like, next to their name. Like, like, like um, and I know – and this Jack Muhork guy or whatever, I've heard a little bit about him. But like it says with the injuries, that's what I've heard too. I don't want a guy who's been injured. Right. There's not, there's not too many guys um, who I'm overly interested in here now if they can get um, Andrew Norwell – you know, definitely the number one top flight free agent guard in, in the NFL right now, then yeah, do it. But like you said, there's there, people are throwing out. You know out what the Giants right should now. do? The Giants should sign Norwell, and then they should trade down the six with the Jets, and then they take Quentin Nelson there, and they'll be set at guard. And then the Jets can take Josh Rosen at number two. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's really like Norwell or, or Bust uh, if they really try to go out uh, go after him. But other than that, all these other guys – um, I'm not really too impressed with, and I'd rather just kind of stick with Carpenter um, at that position. Now, while we're not talking about 
Winters because Winters his entire contract is guaranteed this year, like seven and a half million dollars, and we're right around there. So it'd be kind of um, stupid to do that. Now, center. This is a position I think the Jets are going to address in free agency. Uh, this is one they're going to attack hard, Glenn, and obviously you would agree with that. Yeah, and 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 here's the uh, here's the note. The most interesting thing with uh, with the center spot, and this was a rumor that was floated today or yesterday. I forget who it was, um, and basically said that the Jets were interested in Weston Richburg, the giant center. You see him there. Um, from what I've seen of him, would be a great fit in his own offense. Um, he's mobile. He can move. He knocks his snot out of people. Uh, but what the report said is that the Jets are now being scared off by the price tag because there are eight or nine teams that really want him. And that, that I, I don't understand that because the reason why you put yourself in a position to have $90 million in cap space is so you can afford to buy quality players. Like especially, especially a dire, dire position. A dire, dire need. No, so it's not. It's not like the Jets are paying Andrew Norwell five million dollars more than he's worth. You need a center. Exactly. Like, um, the only thing with Richburg, and I get this. I understand the concussion thing is what scares me with him. The fact he missed twelve games last year because of a concussion. Yeah. Um, that would. But either you're interested or you're not. Like, it would make no sense for the Jets to say we're interested in him at eight. We're interested at seven million but not at nine because of the concussions. Like you're either looking past the concussions or you're not. If you're interested in them, you're looking past the concussions. So if you're going to tell me the Jets are not interested in Richburg because they might have to pay him, that makes no sense to me. Like you have $92 million and that is your biggest need on offense aside from quarterback. Now, Travis Swanson, what does it say about him here? I'm, I'm curious. Let's see. Um, major health concerns. Missed a lot of time with more concussions. Um, I'll tell you what, man. When I saw his name linked to the Jets, I went on to the All-22 and I watched a couple games. And maybe I picked the wrong couple games, but I saw this dude getting his ass kicked. Like, he reminded me of Wesley Johnson. Giving up sacks, getting walked back into the backfield. Oh, wait. D-lineman, putting him on skates regularly. I want to say PFF. You know, Wesley Johnson was, of course, rated like the 37th ranked center, last in the NFL. How does he have a star and a half? How do you give him a star and a half? <laughs> I think I think they get credit for showing up. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, and another credit if they have a common last name. So uh, so that's where he got his star and a half. But um, but yeah, if you're going to sign a center and you're looking at Swanson, who again was I want to say he was 31st out of 37, and yeah. the, the couple games I watched, I was like, this guy's is not much of an upgrade from Wesley Johnson. That's again, we talk about people throwing stuff out there. That's one that I read. And I'm like, that's got to be somebody just just having a good time, like just screwing with Jets fans. And actually, don't dismiss the fact it came from a Boston Globe reporter. Maybe he's a better fit, a different scheme. I don't know. But from what I saw, he was uh, he was getting beat. Even even when he won his battles, he would he never did anything where you went, okay, he, he kicked that guy's ass. It was like he either held his own and did okay, or he got his ass kicked. Is this um, is Brett Jones the center from Bama? Um, don't know. I don't believe, know. Let's I could see. be wrong. Google that for me. Um, so it's on my page. But yeah, the, the guys I'm interested in and I've heard the most. And listen, I, I wish I could watch film of these guys a little bit, but like you know, like you guys, like I don't say a million times, I'm freaking busy. So I like to pop in a game of the of the Ravens and of the Giants and see how Richard plays. Now I did watch the Giants a lot because, like I said, you know, I'm obviously in um, New Jersey area. 
I'm in New Jersey, and my whole entire family are Giants fans, so I watched him a lot. I, I like him. Now, I'm not, I don't want to overpay too, too much. Just like with anybody, you can say you don't want to overpay too much. But, you know, if, if he was in a healthy center and he played 16 games all every year of his career, then, yeah, you can overpay a lot. But a guy who missed, I believe, what, 11, 11 or 12 games with a concussion. Uh, you can't Jones went to school in Canada. Oh. Um, Regina. Okay, I think of the wrong guy, I guess. But, so – yeah, I, I'm, I would like Rich Rick. He'd be my number one. Ryan Jensen's probably my number two. Uh, I'll go off your word with, with Travis Swanson. I haven't really heard of him too much. But, yeah, Jensen Jensen and Rich Rick would be my number number one and two. And, it, you know, Jensen gets his whatever, two stars. And, like I said, I'm not you – know, credit to uh, – I, I can't remember say this is again. Uh, football. Credit to Walter Football. Uh, you know, good thing that they have a list. Uh, I would have found another one regardless, but I don't know if I agree with him being two-star. I'd have to watch him for myself. I don't know if he even fits into a zone-blocking scheme or a, you know, the Jets will run some uh, man-blocking scheme as well. But um, we'd have to see. But, yeah, those are my two options for now, just a very baseline knowledge of these guys. Uh, Richburg a little bit more. But the Jets need a center. I don't want the Jets to go into the draft not having a center. You need to hit center hard. You can overpay a little bit because they cannot go into the season with a guy like a Jonathan Harrison or Wesley Johnson at center just beyond bad. We'll see if it affects his draft stock or not. I don't know if you saw the news that Billy Price tore a peck doing the the bench press at the Combine. Well, I I know nothing. You you are going to be the donkey that carries the show because I know nothing. He's too good of a player. to, I think, to let his draft stock be hurt by that. But you never know, man. It's, it, here's the thing. This happens every year, and it's hilarious. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to remember to do this one year, just just because what the hell I'm retired and I have the time for it. Um, I'm going to write down the name of every single player that I read about who is going to sneak into the first round because there's probably about 85 of them every year. And it's like there's, a, there's only 32. Like there's 32 first-round picks. And every year there must be nearly 100 players that I see associated with, they're going to sneak into the first round. Um, but the fact of the matter is some guys will, you know, some guys are going to rise up boards and all that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but which means somebody's going to fall this running back class, man. Like I said, there's a lot of good backs and I think a few of them are going to get a push down 10, 12 slots. And you might be able to get a really good running back in the third or fourth round. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. That's why, I like taking Barkley, people talking at six. I don't. I'm not, I'm not really interested. Now he's great, and he. I know he's you know 29 bench press. And I don't. Four, four, I don't one. like. I don't like taking a running back either. But my goodness, uh, yeah. running back. If, if you have a great offensive you, line, you have if, a quarterback. You're in if position. You sign, if you sign Cousins and took Barkley at six, I would have no complaints. And this yeah. is from somebody who does not like running backs in the first round. Yeah, I, I would be – I wouldn't love it, but I wouldn't be as pissed if it was like a guy like, – even like, a, like I think Barkley is the best running back to come out in the, in the last three or four years. Uh, I really do. So, if they took him, I wouldn't be crazy pissed, but at the same time, eh. Um, now, if now if Bradley Chubb is still on the board and they take Barkley, I'd be pissed. I'll kill somebody. I would actually – Bradley like, Chubb at six. I'll just go to the – I'll go through the police academy and then the get, get put in jail for murdering somebody. That wouldn't be – There's bad. a lot of talk that the Giants like him at two. Take him that you know. Take him instead of a quarterback, and then Jets can trade up to three. I think honestly, I think Jets get Cousins, or you know, or they sign a veteran, or whoever it may be, and they trade up to number three. I think that's what's happening. And there's people who say, like I was fighting with somebody on Twitter, and it's one of the it's one of the dumb. Uh, actually, no, sorry, I, I wasn't fighting. I saw our good friend Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet fighting with him on Twitter, and he was like, "Oh well, why trade up to three? Just draft Lamar Jackson at six. I'm like, 
are you really are you really that dumb? What if the Jets don't like him in their scheme and they really like Rosen or Mayfield? They want to trade up to three. Now, obviously, the Jets can't just trade up to three for any quarterback, but if they love, let's just say, uh, Rosen and Rosen's there at three and they trade up, I'm fine with it as long as they have confidence in it. Because listen, Mike McKagan and Todd Bowles, this is their last chance. So you can't just be passive. Okay, well, I think Lamar Jackson can be okay, but I'm not going to trade up to three to get Rosen because you know, let's just save those picks. They need to find a quarterback this year. Or hope at quarter, or I have a, a you know strong hope at quarterback this year. If not, they're gone. So yeah. they're they're I, I think they're gonna trade up to three if they don't uh three or four if they if they don't get a big time trading quarterback you know which is Kirk Cousins. So um, we'll see we'll see what happens. There's a lot of time to talk about the draft and especially the draft line because the, the draft prep for the draft. Listen, you you can do it you can do it the right way you can do it the wrong way. Uh, where you could just rely on everything you know from people you've heard on Twitter, which a lot of these shows do, trust me. Um, just go to NFL.com, see what they say about the guy, and then every single thing they say about the guy is a thing on NFL.com. Or right. you can do your own research on him and, and watch them and read multiple scouting reports and, and, and try to see um, what you think about them. With you know, that's, why, that's why I was watching Swanson today. You know, I saw his name. Exactly. Went, so, to, went to the All-22, and I was especially early in the game, the game I picked like a Pittsburgh game. Like the first three or four plays, I was like, "Wow, this guy's a total disaster." Yes, he settled down for a little while, but never really did anything that made you feel like, "Okay, this is a good guy to to start it." You know, starting center. Yeah, so let's just say, and I'll throw, I'll throw. You know, there's 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 a lot of people and a lot of shows and people too, uh, which is just kind of um, not. Uh, it's kind of irresponsible, but let's just say, you know, Glenn Naughton says that. Uh, Swanson's a really powerful blocker, even though Swanson's a terrible guy. He's weak. He only had a couple plays where he, he pancaked the guy. He's, generally, he's really weak, though. He's not, he's not powerful at all. But because I see that Glenn Naughton said it, that's my opinion now. But I didn't watch any film on him. I did no research. That's just my, that's my opinion now. A lot of people are like that, and it's stupid. Uh, look up stuff for yourself. Research yourself. Watch yourself. That, that's a smart way to do things. Um, but because I'm not going to be able to watch film because I have no time you, like I said, are going to be the donkey that carries a show through draft time because other than the first and second round guys, I'm not going to have much knowledge of anything. I'm going to be honest. Uh, but, you know, I still know schemes and plays and uh, what, what you know, play calls can attack certain, you know, coverages, et cetera. So I can kind of throw my knowledge into there, the knowledge I do have. Uh, but, Glenn, is there any other news? You want? We're going to hold off on defense because it's, it's a little bit past an hour right now. I don't want to rush through the defense just so we get it done. Uh, we'll hold off defense for next week and some of the players that the Jets might target. Is there any other news that you want to cover, talk about, something that let's, we need to uh, this well, week? Well, we have a, a couple minutes, so let, let's go through that. What, what I was saying earlier, um, I do have this uh, this sort of accumulated the list of uh, of names that I saw being associated with the Jets. So I did a just a, an article on it earlier, kind of saying what makes sense and what doesn't, because some things do and some things don't. Um, okay. Ian Rappaport, I'm sure you saw this, said that uh, – Fake news. You, what's that? Fake news. Oh, Fake hold that. on. Hold on really quick. Sorry, Glenn. Go ahead. I, I'm, I think I'm interrupting you a lot today, and I apologize for that. Um, I'm just like su- – I guess I'm excited to be back on the show with you. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe I'm just an asshole. I, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's that. that. I think it's that. That's I put my money on that. Let's say 90% asshole, 3% that's, – That's a little low. You're being and, generous. And 7% excited. Uh, did you see that thing on Twitter between Barstool – president whatever his name is um one for for, for me i'll call out barstool i think they're a joke they're a joke it's like a frat oh, with, with uh, michael Rappaport. yeah it's like a barstool's like a frat boy sport they don't really i think some of them know a, a decent amount but i think they're a joke i really don't like them at all 
Um, but apparently they're putting like $250,000. They might box. I was like, like, where did that all come from? I don't know if you heard anything about that. And what? Oh, to box. Yeah. They're going to like fight or something. Him and Oh, Oh, Jesus Christ. That's two really unathletic 50 year old guys boxing. (laughs) That's, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be fantastic. That's going to be bigger than McGregor and Mayweather. I don't know who I would want to win because I don't like Barstool and I don't like Rappaport. Yeah, uh, I don't like uh, – I, I mean, Barstool, I don't – I don't – I'm I'm like – like you're 90% asshole. I, um, I 90% don't like Barstool. Some of the stuff they do can be funny, um, and I get what they're doing. They're going for that market, that young, drunk, college student. Yeah, frat boy. It's frat boy. Yeah, exactly. That's their market, though. That's what they're shooting for. They've been incredibly successful. I mean, in the span of a few years, they're now like they're they're big time, like them or not. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Congrats, you know, big time, just like uh, yeah, they are. Uh, but, I was gonna say something bad, but no, okay. <laughs> but but I don't I don't like Rappaport. I you know I saw some of the confrontation stuff they put on Twitter, and I think Rappaport. Um, I liked him, you know, years ago. There was some stuff he did that I enjoyed, but I think he really is a race baiter. He really does. Like he he gets way too much into race. Like. Yeah, he and, and that's because like when you can't come up with substance, but you want people to listen to you, you have to say stuff like that. Crazy so, things, yeah, uh, yeah. Even though the 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 barstool guy's a Pats fan, I don't I don't mind the uh, I don't know why I like the pizza reviews. I think I watch them and I'm like, man, this is so stupid. But then and I'm like, you don't have good pizza where you live. But no, I do. Well, in Dublin. Oh, by the way, shout out to uh, No Fly Zone Radio in Dublin uh, or in Ireland. Met up with. Uh, with Ian in Dublin this past week, had a great time. And there is a New York style pizza joint in Dublin run by a guy who worked in New York city for several years. And it's the best pizza I've had outside of the U S in my life. So uh, shout out to them. But yeah, but the pizza reviews make me laugh. I don't know why, Um, but yeah, I get it. Uh, I don't want to see them fight either because I don't like either one of them, but if I had to pick one, I'm I'm going for the bar school guy because Rappaport is a moron. Hopefully, yeah, it's uh, and we're getting a little bit off topic, but we're allowed to. Because a little bit. Well, it's, it's, we're talking it's, about it, Michael Rappaport fighting Glenn, a Patriots fan and eating. Glenn, pizza. it's it's our show. I couldn't care any less. Uh, I hope people enjoy it, but yeah, it's Rappaport. Like he, he one, he's an annoying asshole, and he two, I, I like he, he said he said something that really pissed me off the other day, and I'm I'm in no way far left or far right, really, and he said something about like women playing sports is like is like com- compared it to men being at a pantyhose co- uh, convention i was like dude you're just you're reaching so hard man like just shut up please just shut up uh barstool guy i'm not a big fan of barstool i really never liked any of the things they do the guy who covered the jets for them it, it, it was terrible you know nothing about football um and just through like hot a hot topic twitter type of things and just was dude, really- I, I, I i'm sorry joe i just had another one i just had another one on Twitter, somebody just tweeted me, Washington saw him every day. If they felt he was worth the money, they would have locked him no. up a long time ago. Veto, we're not going to get to that conversation. Draft a QB and build the team around him. Um, oh, my God. Uh, last, last, last word on the Gravaport and Barstool. Hopefully, they punch each other at the same exact time and simultaneously knock each other out because I don't like either of them. Uh, Glenn, keep going with what you're talking about. I interrupted you for a couple minutes. Yeah, you certainly did, Joe. Okay, so Ian Rappaport, who will not be fighting the Patriot fan President Day. It's your fault you brought up Rappaport, that's why. Um, yeah, I didn't bring him up. I'm a completely different Rappaport. He is saying that if the Jets do not sign Kirk Cousins, their fallback plan is Case Keenum. Um, I have no feelings on that. I cannot possibly 
be angry or upset about signing a guy who, you know, he's a journeyman quarterback, never got a full season to start. And the first season he did, he looked freaking awesome. He looked like a franchise guy. But you can't help but worry about the one-year wonder thing. So if you're going to sign Keenum, give me, you want to talk about – it's kind of like Mo will give him five years, but easy to get out after two, I can live with that. Yeah. But um, And you still got to draft a guy, I think. You can't not take – But You think. Pay him. Can you can you pay Case Keenum twenty million a year and draft the quarterback at six? That might if not they be- pay if they pay twenty million dollars a year, I'm not a Jets fan, so it doesn't really matter. I think that's going to be the price, but we'll see. We'll see. No, but um, I I don't I don't see how anyone can get super excited or super pissed off about Case Keenum. He's like we don't know what he is. We just know he's a guy who had one great year. And, isn't, he like, um, isn't he like twenty eight years old too? He's not too old, right? Twenty nine. Yeah, he's probably this is like his fifth sixth year in the league, so he's probably twenty six, twenty seven. Okay. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. It has to be fair market price. $20 million, I think, is way too high for a guy who, was play, who played one really good year. And with that, you have to factor in here, he doesn't have Stephon Diggs. He doesn't have Adam Thielen. He doesn't have Kyle Rudolph. He doesn't have the number two defense in the NFL to lean on to not a lot, put a lot of pressure on him because, listen, you have a defense who's bad. You know, the Jets might be mediocre to a little bit above average next year. Hopefully, they're still not going to be Minnesota. Minnesota, you know, you're not going to throw that 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 out route that that 20 yard uh dig whatever it may be uh with a guy uh, you know two guys and a cover two right near it um and said you're gonna be safe and throw it out of bounds because you know your defense can can stop them like you know you have um more security with that defense you don't have to take many chances so your stats look better you look better uh now if the jets do sign him for uh, honestly if they go anywhere over like like 14 million dollars i'd rather just sign McCown back for seven eight million dollars i'll be honest i don't think keenum's the answer at quarterback um so sign McCown and draft a guy in the first round even if you do sign keenum draft a guy in the first round if they sign keenum and, and draft a guy in the, in the second third or fourth i'll be pissed anybody anybody other than kirk cousins the jets no doubt about it have to sign or, or draft a first round quarterback or or it, it really dumb in my opinion but um move on glenn any other uh news or yeah, I got uh, just a couple other names on here. Um, hang on one second. Let me pull this up. Um, what do we got? <clears throat> you tell me. Uh, well, I mentioned – I already mentioned uh, Orleans Darkwell. He was the next name on the list. We talked about him earlier. No need to revisit that. Uh, the name that I saw that I liked the most, um, Tony Pauline of SNY, who also does some work covering the Jets, he um, – he was the one that actually mentioned the, the Richburg thing, saying that uh, the Jets are interested, but uh, they're expecting eight or nine teams to have heavy interest in the price tag is going to be too high. Uh, Bashad Breeland, the corner, played for uh, Washington last year, opposite Josh yeah. Norman, did a really nice job there. He's only 26 years old. Uh, apparently some inconsistency issues, but all in all, you, like the total package, you look at his on-field performance, you look at his age, you look at the fact he won't command what an elite guy would command, but he's still a very good player. Yeah. That was the name I probably liked the most. Um, he said he was expecting the Jets to target him. What I didn't like, and again, it remains to be seen, he said the Jets aren't planning on, on targeting any of the big-name corners, that they want to go with Breeland and a Mo Claiborne type thing. I'm not going to put, I'm not gonna put any, any substance or, no, that, or like it, it, value it, into any of that. I'm, I just, it, it, it makes too little sense. It makes too little sense. It makes, it makes little to no sense. And uh, even just doing the show for like three years now, I've seen so many reports, and then the Jets do the exact opposite. Our team does the exact opposite. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, um, Calvin, now, Calvin Watkins from Newsday says Damian Williams is going to be a target. That doesn't really get me all that excited. He's a guy who's averaged 3.6 a carry over the course of his career. Uh, he's only got 123, 133 carries. Draft the running back. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. He, you know, he can catch the ball a little bit, good return, man, but I'd rather draft the back. Mo Claiborne, uh, you know, I, I feel kind of the same with Mo, with Mo Claiborne that I do with Austin Safarian Jenkins. He had a nice start to the season, but I had no issue signing him last year when we knew this team was going to go nowhere. Like, fine, you want to give $5 million to a guy who gets hurt all the time? Who cares? You now want to make this guy part of your long-term plan, and he can't stay healthy? Like, you basically have to have another starting caliber guy on the roster for when he does get hurt, and how much money are you going to commit to him? I, I would I would rather go – give me Kyle Fuller and let Mo Claiborne walk. You I like I mean? Kyle. He's my number one. Kyle Fuller, yeah. my number one. Mine too. He's at the top of my list. Get Kyle Fuller, let Mo Claiborne walk. But yeah. the Jets are supposedly offering, and, and uh, Watkins is reporting that there are eight or nine teams that are ready to make Mo Claiborne blah, walk. Blah, 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 But There's 32 – there's 32 teams who are interested in every single free agent because every single team checks on and on every single free agent. That, that's well, check it. Hey, Wesley Johnson is not getting 32 offers. We're talking about guys who are good, Glenn. Don't do this. I don't, but I'm, my point is the, the cornerback market is so thin that there will be interest from Mo Claiborne. But the Jets aren't. The Jets shouldn't be bargain hunting. The Jets have the money to go after the top guys. That's what they oh, should yeah. be doing. Yeah, so, and, and, uh, go get Fuller. And then we already talked about Travis Swanson and Austin Safarian Jenkins. Those are the other two names that came up. I saw Deion Lewis mentioned after I wrote the article. We talked about him. Too many You're going to see every – just like you talk about this guy may sneak up in the first round, you see the Jets linked to almost every single free agent. Yeah. Especially at a position in need. Um, now, and I don't want to get too much into cornerbacks. So we'll talk about that next week. But Breland, yeah, he, he, he's up there. He's definitely my top three or four guys I want. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with Breland. I really like him as well. But anything else, Glenn? No, that's we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do combine after the combine finishes. We're gonna, yeah, yeah gonna there's be, still, still a lot to happen out of there. That's going to be NFL co- a combine with Glenn Naughton featuring Joe Blewett because I'm not going to know anything. Uh, that's all you. Although, Joe, I must ask, and I, I'm, I know you've said you've not heard anything, but did you hear about Oklahoma offensive tackle Orlando Brown? I heard nothing. He had what is being called by some people the worst combine in history. Tell me about it. This guy, offensive tackle, projected by many to be a first-round pick. Some people projected him as a top-15 pick. He showed up fat. He ran the second-slowest 40 time in combine history, something like a 5.89 or something like that. Ugh. Offensive tackle. How many, how many reps at 225 would you expect from an offensive tackle? Even a, Like an a, average? An average? Ab- like a middle-of-the-road guy. 27. He did 14. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. 14 man. reps of 225, almost a six-second 40. And you and have to block a 300-pound defensive end or a guy like a Von Miller? And I, I don't – I'm not 100% sure if it was him. I think it was before any of the testing when he met with the media because uh, he did his weigh-in and he showed up heavy. Um, I think it was him. I could be wrong. But uh, he, he, he said to the media – I've been fat my whole life. So uh, apparently he came in heavy. He said, I've been fat my whole life. Ran a six-second 40 and did 14 reps. So he is free-falling. That man lost a lot of money this week. I'm looking up the offensive tackle average bench press. Just because I'm curious. I said 27. Now I'm interested in what the actual number is. I don't know what it is. I'm going to look it up later. Um, I would say 27, 28. Okay, but Glenn, we gotta. Um, is there anything else before we before we wrap this up? No, I am. I am done. I have said okay. my piece. Okay, so yeah, next week we'll do defense. We'll do some more free agency stuff. 
Uh, we'll do the NFL combine and whatever else, other news or whatever pops up uh, for the Jets or about the Jets. We'll talk about, uh, I didn't really talk about um, Glenn, is there anything else that you want people to check out that you did this week too? I, I didn't do that in the beginning, but we'll do it now. No, man, just check out jetnation.com. Check out the forums, get in there, talk football, uh, check out the articles. We're going to try to get some draft stuff up. I know Joe won't be around. I, honestly, Joe, I don't know what the plan is from here. I might do some midweek shows because I have a couple of possible guests lined up. So maybe midweek me, and then we'll do an hour or two hours on the weekend. Um, something we'll, figure, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with the punches, man. It's uh, exactly. Listen, exactly. if you're if you're gonna do a show and you have a guest lined up and you don't, uh, and I'll be off for a week, that's fine. Try. I, yeah. I need all the time I can. Uh, or if it's or if it's a guest that just doesn't like you, then I'll be like, you know, I'll I'll just I'll I'll tell you. I can think of a few people who probably don't like me. <laughs> oh, who can't? We all have a list. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, but. Yeah, so this – I've been putting up, like, very, very slowly my Jamal Adams film review. I think I put up about 85 plays. I have, like, 10 more to put up. And then I did a vote on Twitter between Jamal Adams – or not Jamal, I'm sorry, Marcus May, Leonard Williams, and uh, Robbie Anderson that people voted for, Marcus May. So, Marcus May, I'm going to start my film review on him. I still have to go through all the film and then tape it and then put it up so it doesn't just come up right away. And I'm in the academy, so it's going to take me months to do that probably. Don't unfollow me, please. Um, or you, if you do, I don't really care too much. Um, but we'll be back, or maybe I won't be back, but I know Glenn will be back sometime next week. Maybe it'll be Tuesday at midnight. Maybe it'll be Wednesday at 7 a.m. Maybe it'll be Saturday with me at, you know, 4, 4 p.m. We have no idea, but we'll be back. We'll, we'll do a show. We appreciate everybody for listening. If you are going to leave a review, which we greatly appreciate, we, we appreciate it more than you know, um, if you type in Jet Nation Radio, click on Jet Nation Radio, New York Jets Talk. Do not leave it under New York Jets uh, or, or Jet Nation. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's the two icons. I think it's the one on the left that they want to review, right? Well, there, there's one under it that says Jet Nation Radio, um, uncensored New York Jets Talk, whatever it is, and then there's one that says JetNation.com podcast feed. Do not click on the podcast feed one. That that means nothing to us. We have to figure out how to delete it. Um, but two guys, I think Houdini and Rufio386 or whatever, left reviews on there, and it, it goes for uh, for nothing. So Yeah, it's weird uh, that iTunes can't delete that. I don't know why. I don't know why, but if you are, like I said, Jet Nation Radio, New York Jets Talk, uh, leave it under there. We appreciate it. We will be back. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Follow Glenn on Twitter, AceFan23. He's popping out articles. Um, like, I don't know, something that pops out a lot. And uh, <laughs> I was going to say like babies or something, but I, I don't know really uh follow me on twitter at joe rb31 and we will talk to you guys soon